Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to Revolution today. Um, it's Palm Sunday. If you're listening, you're Online, you're probably listening on Easter. Sorry, we have a week delay. And, uh, yeah, that's how it goes. But, uh, so happy Easter to those listening online. Here's your Prom Sunday sermon. Um, I don't usually like to do sermons that are, that are themed. I feel pressure when I have to do sermons that are themed like Christmas and things like that, like, oh, I got to do a Christmas sermon. Palm Sunday, I got to do a Palm Sunday sermon. So this is as, as Palm Sunday as I get. And it, it's good because we don't really get to talk about the Last Supper, you know, because we have a good Friday. I mean, we do if you want to, but um, because of uh, Good Friday and all that stuff. So I get to talk a little bit about the Last Supper here, and then we can talk a little bit about Easter on Easter. So, started out with uh, John. I'm going to be in the book of John the whole time. Um, John's got probably the most baggage out of all the gospels, being the last gospel and being the most uh, the most I don't know spirited gospel or mystic mystic gospel. But uh, I'm going to be in John 12, 12. If I can find it myself. John 12, 12. The next day, a great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches and palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the, nature, in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. And it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand those things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when... He called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed these signs and the, that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can go do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Um, that's our Palm Sunday verse. There's a few others. There's one in Matthew and Mark and Luke um, where they get told to go pick out the donkey and tell them that the Lord has sent them to get the donkey. (laughs) If they ask why, just say the Lord sent you. I try to do that with a lot of things in my life that I ask for. Um, No, don't worry, the Lord sent me. Um, I guess I read that just because it's Palm Sunday. 
and it's pre-Sunday, and it's it kind of leads us into into the the last days of Jesus. Um, still in John twelve, I jump over to forty four, and it says, "This is Jesus cried aloud. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sent me sees him who sent me." I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. This is a very interesting verse because there's also a verse in John that says that God will not judge the world, but he left it up to the Son. And this one says the Son will not save the world, judge the world. It's really interesting. But he says, the one who rejects me and does not receive the world has a judge. On the last days, the word that I have spoke will serve as judge. For I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has himself given me commandments about what to say and what to speak. And I know what his commandment is, eternal life. What I speak, therefore, I speak just as the Father has told me. But I find it interesting that Jesus says he's not come to judge the world, but to save the world. I think uh, we'll be having an afterwards conversation, which is a separate podcast. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that, maybe. I don't know for sure, but we might. Jumping over to John 13. 33. It says, little children, I'm with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this evidence, they will know that you are my disciples, and you have love for one another. And I love the repetitiveness of this talk that Jesus says here is you should love one another and you should love one another as I love you and then he continues to say you should love one another and the repetitiveness of that is beautiful to me because that's the message of Christ this is Jesus in his last moment with his disciples saying this in my commandments remember this keep this and he's saying it's a new commandment and I don't know what's new about it um I'm not a theologian, but I don't know what's new about it because he's just saying love each other as I love you. And uh, it seems like he said that a few times before. Uh, love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. But this time he's more directive about saying, I want you guys to really love each other and care for one another. And we know what love is. You know, we know what, hopefully most of us know what love is. I always use Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 as an idea of what love really is and, and what we can see as love. Um, Jesus goes further on to say more about this in John 15, uh, 8 through 17. He says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. 
I've said these things to you so that you may, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And looking at this here, it says, my father is glorified by that. You bear much fruit and the fruit of the spirit is peace, joy, patience, kindness. Uh, oh man, I don't have them all on the top of my head. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. My least favorite one. And uh, I was going to look up something else here real quick. Yeah, Galatians has it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Bang. Um, my Father is glorified in that you bear much fruit. Those are the fruit of the spirits. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So there's this constant call for us to love one another. If you keep my commandments, well, what is Jesus' commandments? Love God with all your heart, equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commandments, most important commandments. Um, we could also look at the Sermon on the Mount to see what else Jesus has to say about commandments. You've heard it said, but I say. Um, just if I have kept my Father's commandments... And abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that your joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandments, that you love one another as I have loved you. So once again, Jesus makes it clear, in case you don't know, his commandments are love. I mean, it's so repetitive, it's so ridiculous, it's so amazing, and it's such good news that we're called to continue to love one another. And that's the thing that we miss. I think people miss it all the time um, with our religion and with our faith. We get caught up in in a lot of the harsh words of the Old and even some of the harsh words of the New Testament. And we forget to see things through the eyes of Christ, you know, through through the lens of Jesus. And that lens is a, a constant love. Jesus is going out words is love, love, new commandment, love each other, love each other as I love you, I want you to love each other, and then he goes on to say, even further down the road, more about love. Goes on to say, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends, which Jesus is about to do. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master has doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from the Father. I think being friends of Christ and friends of God is a pretty interesting thing. You know, it's one thing to be like, well, I'm his son and I'm his daughter and God loves me and 
has got to love me, but then to say that they're also my friend. I think it's when you're able to be friends with your family. Yeah, it's a, a, a deeper, interesting type of love when they're not just family. You know, you're not just saying, well, I love them because they're my family, but it's I love them because they're my friend. And Christ is saying, I've made you my friend. He goes on to say in 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. Once again, there's a repetitive thing. I've called you to bear fruit. I've called you to do these things so you can receive what you've asked for the Father, what you can receive from the Father, which can open up a can of worms because I don't think we get everything we ask for by any means. But he goes, I'm giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. So here in Jesus' last moments, in the, uh, he's constantly just barrading them with love each other, love each other, love each other, love each other, commit the, you know, have the fruits of the Spirit, and then I'm leaving you the Spirit. So the whole thing is, is I'm leaving you the Spirit. I want you to love each other. I want you to love each other. I'm leaving you the Spirit. I want you to practice the fruits of the Spirit. So, you know, that's... That's such good news. And it's easy to... I don't know, lately I find that a lot of this deconstruction stuff is sometimes just trying to tear down everything that's there. And that sometimes I feel like we've got to learn to do some construction as well and build on things. And realizing that that love that is there, that good news that is still there, and not allowing that to become that we don't lose that. We don't throw out the baby with the bath water. Because it's easy to do. You know, it's easy to just say, let's get rid of it all. And uh, I don't want to lose that. You know, those are the things that keep me there. That's a reason why we would deconstruct and not leave is because we're able to experience that love. And maybe it is a love that passes understanding. I don't know. Um... Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It says it does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in truth. And it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. You know, three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Love is beyond our faith which is amazing to me. So I want, I, I think the thing that continues to pull me back in and continues to keep me bound in Scripture is this idea of love. It, it's grace too, you know, but they, they both go hand in hand. They're like one and the same. Um, they're like grape nuts. Neither grape nor nuts, but just one thing and the same. Um, I don't know what that means. 
But that's what I get out of Palm Sunday is not so much a bunch of people throwing palms down and Jesus' triumphant walk into the city, but his continuous message to his disciples to love one another. Not to mention the fact that he sits down and washes their feet and shows them what a servant is and shows them that that love is to be in service to one another. And uh, I hope we can find that. I hope we can see that on this holiday season is that, you know, this is about love. This is about grace. Uh, this is about being servants to one another. Um, this is about learning to lay our lives down for one another. Um, yesterday I was at the March for Our Lives here in Minnesota and, you know, just saw a lot of people who were willing to to go the extra mile to see more peace on earth, to see more love on earth, to see less violence. And uh, it's always beautiful to be in a crowd of people who are wanting to see an end to harm and more love. And I was really glad to be a part of that. And I'm so proud of these young folks. (laughs) I feel so old now. But I am. I'm freaking 42 years old. And they're young folks now. Um, proud of what they're doing and what they're taking a stand for. And I really think it is a thing of love and a thing of grace and uh, mercy and uh, that we could learn a lot from from them. And I am glad to follow their footsteps of uh, just wanting to have a safe life. Anyway, that's my talk today. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I'm going to say a real quick prayer. And uh, then we're going to... We do... Uh, here at Revolution now, we're doing... Uh, af- we record the talks that we have afterwards for the service. And you can find it on iTunes or... SoundCloud and... Revolution Church Afterglow. Yes, we named it the churchiest thing we could think of. So, yes. I remember Afterglow services, and so that's what this is. And so if you want to hear what we talk about after service, please go to Revolution Church Afterglow. And uh, by the time this airs, we may be on iTunes. So go ahead and check that out if if you're more interested in, in what we do after the service which is really a continuous of the service. But uh, I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for your repetitive message of love and ask that you just just re- not only remind us of it, but help us remind others of it and help us to remind others that they're loved and how much how much they're really truly loved and that we would learn to love one another to the point of laying down our lives for the other and uh, that we would truly be an example of who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's it. Thank you so much. This is Revolution Church.